In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God. Amen. Suffering and freedom, the way of decay and the way of life everlasting. This is what the Word Himself that created the universe, Jesus Christ, speaks to us today. He tells us we have a choice about the suffering we experience in this life. Christ presents us a Word that is able to open us us up to the glory of God, not just for some time, but also for our life right now. This Word is this, whoever would save his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. Christ is opening up for us a principle that is so very often invisible to us. We often forget it. I know personally that it is far easier to only understand the world by what I can see right in front of me. It is easiest to see only with my bodily eyes and to apply this one-sided vision as the measure by which I understand all the world around me. Yet Christ today is saying that there is much more to the universe that he created. There is much more to it than what we so very often take to be the sum and total of its existence. Brothers and sisters, it is typical to see suffering and freedom as opposites that never meet. We attempt to gain freedom in various ways, by avoiding suffering very often. We become caught up in political intrigue and in having a winning argument. Perhaps you can do this online or with your coworker or with your spouse or even against the church herself. This is really the passion of pride which we are draping over our heart. We may do this by the attention we give to our body and its supposed needs, grooming it to gain attention from others. Perhaps for you, it is in the latest fashion or getting the most likes and responses to some post or simply to turn heads as you walk by. But this is really the passion of vanity, which we are draping over our heart. We may do this by turning the majority of our attention to business ventures, to gaining more money and power over others. This is really the passion of avarice that we are draping over our heart. This is all a gross and low materialism that we often mistake for being what the universe is. It is turning our heart, and in some even their whole persons, into a billboard for the passions. But my friends, your heart is a living organ that can receive the grace and power of God. Do not inoculate it against suffering that leads to redemption. It leads to redemption from a meaningless world. And do things that make it even more meaningless. Don't do these things. This focus on the things of the world in the end brings us nothing. These are all passing things. And if we attach to them, we too become a passing thing. We will lose our life if we let these lowly concerns take over our lives. Christ is teaching us today that all these materially focused attempts to save your life will cause you to actually lose it. Yet, if you are willing, Christ says, Christ says you can receive a vision of things beyond this limiting materialistic perspective and begin to experience all things made new. You will experience healing and creation, and these become the experience of loving acts of God. We all want to feel that we are living in the best way, having the good life, if you will. God is teaching us with this reading today that this desire is not wrong. This is how he made us. 
We desire to have a good life because he created us to desire this. Yet the world is broken, and we are broken creatures of the world. And we, because we are yet to be healed and renewed, are more often than not mistaken about what the good life that God has for us actually is. Whenever we focus on the cares of life, we are killing our soul and feeding it the poison of purposelessness. It is the way of death. It is a death dealing. It is death dealing because every pursuit of the world which ignores God will have no eternal participation in him. No joy and no fulfillment. A bleak existence. God honors our will to ignore him, though, and only that which we bring to him will be healed and have everlasting life. When we do not ask for his grace in something, it is like drawing a picture in the sand on the shore which the waves of time and the unhindered steps of others erase away and stamp out. I'm sure every one of you has experienced this pain of some effort of, be, of some beloved thing or person being washed out of your life. Important things that you, to you that are kept only in fading memory. This is the way of mere earthly existence. But today, a beautiful antimony is presented to us. What is an antimony? It's two seemingly contradictory truths that are held up and sustained in tension to answer our predicament. The cross of Christ is the answer. The cross is the bridge from truth to our, of our inevitable death in this world and the truth that God's love for us causes us to live forever. The cross is the response of God to all our desires and the instrument by which your heart is made alive and is prepared for eternal life with the Holy Trinity. Christ says to you today, take up your cross, the cross of your suffering, and follow me. This can be very hard to hear. I know my immediate reaction to taking up your cross when someone tells me this, or I read it in the scripture, is, I don't want that. God, can't you just fix it all for me? You are all-powerful, after all. Can't you just make it right so I can carry on? But this is not the answer our Lord gives us. A simple yes from God to my question, to my desire, would make me a robot and not a person. God doesn't want a robot. He wants us to have a loving relationship with a living person himself. It is the cross that fills our suffering and aims it toward eternal life and establishes his divine communion, the divine communion between creature and creator. Our God loves us too much to simply make it right without us participating in the making of it right. Rather, Christ's answer to the world that has denied him is to enter it. He enters our broken world and fills, it, fills what was broken with his grace. Then he tells us, if you, wish to, if you wish it and you wish to save your life, follow me, I am the life giver. We will not find lasting fulfillment and joy and what we are seeking in any of the pursuits of the world and immediate fixes. They are only temporary and so have limited purposes. Do not give your heart over to these things. In doing so, we forfeit true and eternal life by pursuing these things without Christ. Count the cares of this world and your flesh as meaningless without Christ giving them meaning. Christ is saying, you follow me, and be healed, and with each healing, the world is made more just and more righteous. That 
is the reality of the high calling of humanity that we often forget and even ignore. Humanity is called to redeem the world by participation in it for the sake of Christ. Suffering and death are universal human experiences, yet they by themselves offer us nothing. But a person that freely takes up the suffering he is experiencing for the sake of Christ and of the Gospels, as we heard in the epistle, is being saved for eternity and saving creation with him. How is the world saved through suffering? I often, and I know that I do so, often ask myself this. And St. Theophilact, touching on the, the topic of suffering, says, and teaching that all people suffer and have crosses in their life, we all have some sort of crucifixion that we endure, tells us that the Lord added to crucifixion something else. That one ought to have virtue in suffering. For this is what it means to follow me. These are what St. Theophilact teaches. Christ asks us to participate with him in our healing and the healing of the world by becoming people who enter into suffering willingly. Our own and that of others. And when we do it willingly, there is healing there. This is virtue. It is the strength to do what is right no matter what the worldly consequence. Christ compelled no one to take up their cross. However, if we only wish to take it up, then Christ helps us to have virtue and healing begins. And we must at, le at the very least wish for this to happen and desire for it. If we desire to lose our life for Christ's sake, then Christ will save it. He will give us the strength to pick it up we must ask for and gain virtues in and through suffering to be formed for the eternal life. It is the training ground. Virtue is the writing of God carved into the tablet of our soul by the cross of Christ. Virtue is not like the passions that stick to us and deform us and use us, covering up our heart to be unable to see God. Virtue goes much deeper than this and lasts beyond the temporary turmoil of this fallen world. Virtue shapes and forms the person to be ever, an everlasting being in the likeness of God. When we take up the cross and follow Christ, we lose the life of temporal and egoistic pursuits. And it is a loss, but we gain so much more. We gain eternal life in and of Christ. There is no other way to exchange this world for the next than by the virtues that we gain and the crosses we take up in our life. We take up our cross to take up suffering when it comes and not attempt to erase it from our lives. In this way, we participate in Christ's sacrifice on the cross. We lay down our worldly life and enter into Christ's life. It is only in the cross that the crucifixion and pain that is inevitable in this life gains a purpose. And we are able to enter eternity. And the joy that is above all worldly concerns is born in you by this action. Let us close with one more point. The promise of eternity is not wholly a gamble, a reward after death. For Christ says this to us as well today. Truly I say to you, there are some standing here who will not taste death before they see the kingdom of God come with power. This is a promise that some will see their lives transfigured by entering the way of Christ. That is taking up their cross. And they will also begin to see the revelation of the age to come in this action and even experience a foreshadowing of the second coming. Some have become like representatives of heaven for us 
holy men and women that shine the grace of Christ in their lives on all those around them. Those holy people don't fix us immediately. They don't offer that. They teach us how to follow our Lord better and then to live for eternity. These are the living elders and saints. Read their stories and their teachings and you will learn about the kingdom made manifest now. You will learn also how even this is but a glimpse of the glory that is to come, but a necessary glimpse of that age for us to carry on. An age where there is no sorrow and no suffering and only joy. These holy people are pinnacles of virtue amidst the suffering and death we all live in. They do not only say with their mouth, but also with every facet of their being, it is not I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Some here in this room may be or may become representatives of heaven here in this life for all of us. They live here in this world, but they live for the kingdom to come. May we glimpse it through them and may we rest, have the rest of us strive to manifest God here amidst us. Be present to the wounds in your life and those of your neighbor. Bear them and suffer them for Christ and count them as your way to be redeemed. Today, all those who are suffering and feel that God is far come to the foot of Christ's cross. We have a piece of it here that you may venerate. He knows your pain. He, out of abundant love for you, has come to enter that pain with you and make that cross which you bear the bridge to everlasting joy. He is in the kingdom and he is preparing it for you. May we take up our cross given to us and by it gain the victory of the kingdom and life everlasting. Amen.